When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you on this Monday. Man, here's the best thing. The 49ers are currently practicing right now as we speak, and they have gotten a lot of reinforcements, a lot of official reinforcements, players coming off the IR. We're going to talk about each one of those individually. Also, players that were not on the IR that were just injured, taking time off, they returned to practice today as well. Now, there still are some other players. Unfortunately, we're not getting everybody back. But a team coming off a major win, a major, major win against the Rams. And I want to talk a little bit about the NFC West and kind of what they did during the 49ers bye week. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, what happened yesterday with the Chargers, who's our next opponent. Um, they got a you know, win down the... Uh, very end of the game against the Falcons who beat us. We're going to talk about that a little bit and a little bit more NFL news as another head coach got fired, which, man, as soon as I saw this team come available, uh, talking about the Colts, the first thing that came to my mind is they have so many 49ers connections. There are so many relationships between the Colts general manager front office and the 49ers general manager front office. First thing I thought was, man, that's probably a perfect place for D'Amico, sadly. Uh, but again, you know, uh, in honor of Ted Lasso, my my family, we just finished watching the uh, first season and second season of Ted Lasso. I'm probably going to mess this up. But uh, a good boss knows um, you will eventually leave. A great boss hopes you will eventually leave. I'm one of those people that I love success. D'Amico deserves a head coaching job. Do I want him to stay as our DC forever? Of course I do. Um, however, that's not the correct mindset to have in these types of things. Uh, you want uh, the baby birds to spread their wings and fly. I love seeing Robert Sala. I love seeing Mike McDaniel have all this success out there. And I want D'Amico to, uh, to join that. Big Poppy says, Jeff Saturday is the new interim head coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, one, I love Jeff Saturday. He's incredible. Um, naming a head coach who has never coached in the NFL never coached at the college level, is absolutely insanity. 
Um, now, it is an interim, so I think it's a culture-building move. However, there's so many, so many wonderfully talented individuals that could have dominated in that, um, that have earned that. Um, I don't know. It's, it, you do what you got to do. Uh, so many people f- spend their whole lives fighting and clawing to get that job, and you give it to somebody that's never even coached at the NFL or college level. It's insane to me. Um, insane to me. Um, yeah, I don't like it. Josh says, no coach can succeed with the co- uh, Colts. No quarterback. You are correct. But if you look at Robert Sala, right, go take over a healthy-ish program with a good GM, which I think Joe Douglas is, pick your young quarterback, develop your young quarterback, invest on defense. The blueprint's been laid out, and that's the weakest division in football, I would argue. Um, So, yeah, we'll have to see there. Um, Now, Mosquito Killer says, feel much better with the Z's coming back with Greenlaw still being out. So, let's jump to – this is what it's about. This is – this is the best news. Okay, so first off, we're go- we're going to lump them together. Then we're going to dissect them individually. And I'm going to tell you three players that have opened the practice window off of IR. Okay, doesn't mean they have to come back now, but they're allowed to start practicing. The three players are this. Elijah Mitchell, Aziz Alshire, Colton McKivitz. So what I need you to do in the chat, which player is the most important returning? Who is so type in Elijah, Aziz, or Colton? Of those three players, they have come off officially the injured reserve list. You get 80 year. 49ers still have quite a few left, which is awesome. Um, which one of those three players plays the largest important role um, for the 49ers? Now, I, I'm going to go through each one of those individually, but before I do, there's a whole myriad of other players that are injured but not on the IR that can come back at any moment. There's no official declaration that is needed for these players. Eric Armstead, Dre Greenlaw, Kyle Juszczyk, Debo, Jawan Jennings, Jason Verrett. There's a lot of players that you can just get back that you, we're not even going to know about until you know the injury reports, things like that come out. Now, Jennifer Lee Chan did say that she saw Debo. She saw Kyle Juszczyk. Um out there practicing already. Um, I think she had one more. I, I don't want to misquote her because she's incredible. Shout out to Jennifer Lee Chan. Uh, she doesn't follow me or probably know I even exist. But, oh, Elijah Mitchell was out there practicing as well. She said those three uh, stood out to her. So I think that's huge. Oh, what's up, man? Uh, I love this. Gunner, thank you for the gift. Appreciate the chat. He says, what is the path to win the division if Seattle keeps winning? Um, even if we beat them again, not a lock is the real NFC West rival back. I believe it, man, I, I have a lot of axioms, right? That like I apply to the NFL that I believe, I believe the NFL is a matchup league. I don't think the Seahawks match up well against us at all. I thought, and you could even see it this year, right? You dominate the Seahawks. You destroy the Seahawks. Then you go play a terrible Russell Wilson, and you lose in Denver. Why? Because Russell Wilson just has what it takes to beat this 49ers defense. It's, it's Whether it's mentality, game-style play, whatever, that's just what it is. Seattle doesn't have what it takes to beat us. The rivalry and the issues, we were beating Seattle with Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll before Russell. We're beating him after. Russell was the trigger, right? So that's difficult. Now, having said this about Seattle, yeah, they're playing very well. They're playing very efficient. Uh, I mean, they did throw a pick six, but again, the Cardinals suck this year. You've got 
Kyler Murray, who's 0-2 since the new Call of Duty came out. I think that's important. Um, also, you've got Little Man running around yelling at everybody. He's yelling at DeAndre Hopkins in the first quarter. And what else I thought was crazy? My fantasy team can attest to this. DeAndre Hopkins did nothing after that first drive. They didn't even throw him the damn ball anymore. So four targets or so to DeAndre Hopkins, touchdown drive. They get in the argument on the sideline. Quit throwing him the ball. Like, awesome, Kyler. Um, which I will say, and I can't take credit for this. Uh, I, I, I want to make sure I give proper credit. I can't see. I can't find it right now. Um, it is the stereotypical behavior of a child who is a gamer. Uh, when things don't go wrong, you yell cuss words into your headset and you yell at everybody and you walk off on your temper tantrums, which is exactly what Kyler Murray keeps doing. So you're yelling at your head coach. You're yelling at your all pro receiver. You're yelling at everybody. Well, maybe uh, look at the mirror at some point. Uh, I think that's important. That fumble was a pretty big fumble. So I don't know. Seattle's doing enough not to beat themselves. And yeah, Johnny, they're punching above their weight class. They're stopping and I don't even think you could say this. The narrative has been they're not beating themselves. They kind of did beat themselves. Um, that pick six was huge, but Arizona's just a bad football team. So we'll see. Uh, Seattle's going to match up very, very well against a lot of teams. They do not against the 49ers. But, yeah, the Rams, they're they are out of it. It's over. Um, it's it's over. They, they had the win against a quality, quote-unquote, opponent in the Bucks. Defense isn't there. Um, you've got Jalen Ramsey and their front runners questioning the offense and talking trash against the coaching staff and all that stuff after the game. If you ever heard that sound, bite basically said like defense did their job. Uh, offense got to have some dogs. Coaches got to have some dogs to go do something. And so, yeah, you know, it's kind of rough, but that's just who the Rams are. They're front runners. Their coach is a front runner. They're people that they have on their roster are front runners. It's just who they are. And they're not in the front, not at all. Um, to put it, if if we look at, there's 16 teams in the NFC. If the playoffs started today, the 49ers are in. They were in before this week with a four and four record. Well, what's happened is you're starting to see this delineation take place between quality NFC teams and not so much. If you look at the teams behind the 49ers, Falcons lost. Commanders lost. Rams lost. Saints were on bye with us. Packers lost. Cardinals lost. Bears lost. Detroit Lions, who are the 15th ranked team um, in the NFC, they got a win. They beat the Packers, who are 12th. Um, and then the Carolina Panthers, they lost terribly. So the Rams are 10th. That's where they're at. Cardinals are 13th. You look at the 49ers, they're 7th. And Seattle's 3rd because they're winning a division. You win a division, you're guaranteed top 4. The Bucks at 4-5 and five are in first place. They're in first place. This is a two-team race. I think you're 100% correct. And the fact that the 49ers are currently in, and again, I mean, it's early, but the fact that the 49ers are currently in that seven seed with a 4-4 four and four record, I don't think there's many pundits or content creators or you guys. Let me ask you this. What do you think the final record for the 49ers is going to be? Remember, there's 17 games now. Do you think they're going to finish? Eight and nine or nine and eight? Do you think they're going to get to 10 wins? Throw it up in the chat. What do you think the 49ers end um, win-loss record is going to be? Because here's why I bring it up. You just got to be average in the NFL. There's 16 teams in the NFC. Seven get in. 
You just got to be right at average or right above. Ten wins got us in last year. And so I, th- I think as you see all of those things take place, and as this, the 49ers are better now than I'd say they have been at any point in the season. Roster-wise, right? You've developed a lot of depth. And I think this is what is key in all these people returning. I'm seeing 11 and 6. I'm seeing some 12 and 5s. Yeah, 8 and 9. Missed the playoffs. Chris says we ain't going to make it. We, we're not going to make it. That hurts, Chris. But that's okay. You be real. 10 and 7. I think 10 and 7, 11 and 6 are probably the two most likely. You look across Vegas and the odds and all those things. Yeah, 11 and 6 to deliver on the preseason. Uh, my bookie, it was at 9.5 wins. Um, I'm pretty sure is what we bet. We bet over nine and a half wins. They got to get to that 10th win to cover our preseason bet. At least that's what we did. So Melissa says 11-6 or 10-7. and seven. I'd be happy with either of those. Both those are getting in the playoffs this year. 11-6, um, I think, is most realistic. I'm with you, Braden. Yeah, John, he, he's in there too. But if you look at where we are now, because again, Elijah Mitchell comes back. Okay, you traded away Jeff Wilson. Shout out to him. He had a good game. I freaking love it. Him and Raheem Mostert, one-two punch. Imagine what that would look like. Uh, we don't have to imagine too hard. But I'm happy for both of them. Elijah Mitchell coming back. Ugh. I don't care who you are. Elijah Mitchell is a better runner than Jeff Wilson. I don't think it's close. Now, can Elijah Mitchell do the blocking like Jeff Wilson? I don't think he can. Can Elijah Mitchell do the receiving like Jeff Mitchell can or Jeff Wilson can? I think they're comparable. But a better runner, 100% Elijah Mitchell. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. And so what does that do? You continue doing your two running back pony look, right? Shout out to the old SMU days. Um, that's where that formation name comes from when you actually have two running backs instead of a running back and a fullback. But you don't have to do that. Because you got Juice. You've got Debo. So just because the 49ers line up with two running backs, well, they could do that with two true running backs. You could do it with a fullback and a running back. You could do it with a wide receiver and a fullback. You could do it with a wide receiver and a running back. I mean, it's just it, – it's different. All the diff, all the things that they can do. And so that's going to be fun because CMC changes it all. CMC is Debo-esque, and I think we know that. And yeah, new era. We don't need Elijah Mitchell to be a pass catcher. And like, let's just be very honest. If we look at what we were doing with Jeff Wilson Jr., he had 10 catches in eight games. So what's that? 1.25 catches a game? Like, that's not that big of a deal. And a lot of those came before Christian McCaffrey. And again, just put that into perspective. Christian McCaffrey already has 10 catches and basically six quarters of play, right? So... Use that as you will. And so I think what Elijah Mitchell does, my biggest complaint probably last year, I I think this answered that question. My biggest complaint last year was we did not have the depth at the wide receiver position or running back position to allow Kyle Shanahan to do what he wanted to do regardless of who was in there. Because what would happen is you'd run one or two plays, and then Debo would come to the sideline for a breather, and Brandon Ayuk would come to the sideline for a breather, which left your wide receivers, Travis Benjamin, Trent Sherfield, wasn't good. You knew it was going to be a rug play. Well, now you don't have to do those things anymore, right? Because Ray Ray has stepped up. You're about to get Juwan Jennings back. You can split out CMC. 
George Kittle's healthy and playing very, very well. I would argue, how long has George Kittle been back? Because I want to make sure I get this right. Because he, he came back, yeah, he's been back since week three. So three, four, five, six. I'm going to argue the last four games. I'm going to say the last four games have been four of George Kittle's best game games as a pro. The best four-game stretch. Now, maybe not statistically speaking, but it hasn't been bad statistically either. Uh, so let's go back. These are his last uh, four games. Six targets, five catches, 47 yards. Okay, that was against the Panthers. Ten targets, eight catches, 83 yards against the Falcons. Nine targets, six catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown against Kansas City. Against the Rams, five targets, three catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown. So statistically speaking, he's doing just fine. Blocking-wise, and it's crazy to say this, George Kittle has improved as a blocker. Nobody wants to talk about it. The film supports it 100%. 100%. The consistency of his blocks has increased. Yeah, the pancakes, you know, the stuff that makes all the highlight reels, that's great. I'm not, I'm not knocking that down. He's still doing those things. Uh, in the Panthers game, I counted five individual pancakes. Stats don't tell the whole story. Thank you. Uh, thank you. But whenever you have your stud players playing at this high of a bar, and I know everybody got down on Kittle because he was injured to start and all that kind of stuff, whatever. I don't care. The way they are clicking right now, George Kittle has never played this well. He hasn't. I understand he's got an all-pro season. I understand that he broke the all-time receiving records, uh, receiving record for tight ends. Don't care. Right now. It, what did George say about the bye week? I wish we didn't have a bye week. I feel like we finally got it figured out. And now we got to take a week off. But that's that's a Warriors mentality, right? Um, and he's a Warrior. Th that's just what it is. So I think Elijah Mitchell, going back to this idea, it allows Kyle Shanahan to not change his game plan based on personnel. If you remember, we had to burn a timeout early and a pivotal point in the Rams game because Kyle Shanahan called his play, looked up, and CMC was on the sideline. And Jeff Wilson was out there. So he called the timeout and was pissed off and turned around and started yelling at Anthony Lynn, which I kind of like that. Um, I, I think some team chemistry needs to be a little uh, sometimes, especially in a 49ers, very team-friendly, everybody's happy, everybody loves each other mentality. You throw that into uh Cardinals thing, which we referenced earlier. All they have is animosity against each other. That's not beneficial. But whatever you have, you know, John Lynch – you know, referred to as Captain America in the building and Shanahan and all that. Like, it's just good sometimes, right? Uh, it's good sometimes. But I like Elijah Mitchell. I, I think that you can do everything that you want to do with Jeff Wilson, except you don't have to modify the play calls. Can he run the routes that CMC can? No, nobody can. Maybe Kamara. That's about it. Um, but that's just how good he is, right? CMC, Kamara, they're just different. But I, I, think, uh, I think Elijah Mitchell makes a big difference. Now, Going back to whenever I asked everybody to say who's most important out of Elijah Mitchell, Aziz, and Colton McKivitz. Uh, Clayton, would it be fair to say, shout out to Clayton, the man behind the scenes. Clayton, would it be fair to say that Aziz got the most votes? Oh, yeah. Aziz, Aziz was getting a ton of votes. Let's see. There was one comment in particular from, of course, Johnny Dell's Football oh, Academy. He knows his Go stuff, Go check man. him out. Oh, he knows everything. Love that. Love guy. Johnny. He says Aziz Burks, DFF. Uh, there's a big drop off. He's not wrong. Now, I will say this Burks dominated. Um, 
He Oren Burks dominate. He's the second highest rated player according to Pro Football Focus for the entire season on the 49ers defense. And the film backed it up. He was great. But who was the number three guy? You had to leave freaking Jimmy Ward out there as a, as a fullback or as a linebacker. You don't, you don't want to do that. So uh, who's your, if you had to pick out of the, out of those three guys, who stands out to you, Clayton, uh, Elijah Aziz and Colton. I mean, I think I got to go with the consensus here. Yeah. It's especially while we're, if we're still missing Greenlaw, it's just huge that we get him back, but I really like <laughs> Jr. He says all of them and I'm, yeah. I'm on board with that too. It's going to be really fun to see that Elijah Mitchell CMC, one, two, two, one punch. And just, yeah, I'm excited. I think what's interesting about this group is they're all starters in the past. Colton McKivitz, Aziz, Elijah. Now on this roster, all of them are backups. Elijah's number two. Aziz is number three. Colton McKivitz is number two at probably both tackles. Um, and I think Aziz is important. And he'll start um, if Greenlaw doesn't go. So that's one thing I want to watch because I think Greenlaw can miss a practice or two and still start. It's a calf issue, um, so you just want to rest that as much as possible. Um, and so I don't know with Drake Greenlaw because we don't have to activate him out of the practice window because he wasn't on IR. Um, so it's different rules for Aziz and Dre. We're just going to have to monitor that. And again, let me say this. Just because the practice window is opened on these three players does not necessarily mean that they will be playing this coming week. If they're practicing full today, they are playing this week. Uh, I, I can attest to that. Uh, but yeah, Aziz would be huge. Uh, oh, what's up? Appreciate the gift in the super chat, the recovery. Hey, John, any thoughts on OBJ to the Niners rumors? I think it's a bunch of malarkey. Do you think we have interest? Yes, I do think we have interest. He did say, love the show. I, I left that off. Uh, I like the, I, I love the Giants necklace you're, you're supporting. Yeah, I think there's interest. Um, one, Odell Beckham Jr. wants to go to a contender. The 49ers are clearly that. Two, we have a need. I think everybody expected Juwan Jennings to take a huge step up whenever you look at what happened in the offseason, what happened in the preseason. He was having the best offseason. He was having the best preseason. He has been bad. He has not been good. He's had drops, lots of drops. He's had missed blocks. He's had injuries, all those things. And so I think the issue is this. Odell Beckham Jr. comes in, clear number three wide receiver, but we rotate our wide receivers. Think how many snaps Ray Ray McLeod has been getting, and he's been good. He's been blocking his tail end off. Um, I, I think it makes sense. I think it would have to be probably a one-year deal with heavy incentives with a dummy two-year deal attached to it. Um, but it makes sense. And I'll tell you this. If an injury did happen to Debo or Ayuk, man, you, you'd be making that call right away. I don't know how his you know recovery from the ACL is going. But I don't think it's I don't think it's malarkey. And Kali says, "Yeah, I would take Odell over Jennings as well. Everybody would. Um, I love Jennings, but he hasn't shown it. Um, Cost too much. We've got about five million dollars in cap space, so you could do a four million dollar deal with some incentives not likely to be earned. Here's how that's quantified." It goes off of what he did last year. So you'd have to look at what he did last year, and the incentives would have to be past that. So it'd have to be, you know, I, I don't even know, without looking at his numbers, receptions per game, yards per game, targets per game, touchdowns per game, something elevated over what he did last year, then it doesn't go off the cap. Uh, but if he hits those, then it goes off the next year's cap is the way it goes. 
Um, I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. wants a multi-year deal because he's coming off an injury. If he if he signs now, it's going to be cheap. If Odell signs with the team, I think the Cowboys, any contender, is going to it's it, Odell Beckham's been doing a world tour. Good God, he's been traveling everywhere, right? Uh, he's at every damn game, every game. I hope I want I want his frequent flyer miles. Good God. Um, <laughs> and so the issue would be this: he would sign a one-year deal because he'd have to prove he's back from his injury. If he balls out, then he would sign the multi-year deal. That uh, players coming off injuries usually got to sign one-year prove-it deals. That's just what it is. I saw somebody said Sue over Odell. I agree. Sue's going to cost a lot more um, than Odell Beckham Jr. That's just my – but Josh Josh says it. I believe in it. Josh is one of the <laughs> smartest guys I know. Um, he's behind all the trivia that we do at the 40 Irish Rush oh. Road Trips, by the way. Shout That's out to cool. Josh. He, he sends Heck me yeah. those. Uh, which is awesome. So I like this. Now, here we go. I, I want to talk about this because I think it is the most important. My personal opinion. Colton McKivitz. Colton McKivitz is the most important player to return from injury. I think this is number one. Why? Uh, what's up, Steven? He agreed with me. I think it is time for him to see if he's the right tackle of the future. I've been saying this. As soon as we traded for Christian McCaffrey in that contract, $12 million next year, people are like, oh, no, now we can't sign Ayuk. What about Nick Bosa? Listen to me very carefully, ladies and gentlemen. Nick Bosa is going to be here as long as Kyle Shanahan is. He's not going anywhere. Anywhere. You already signed your number two linebacker, Dre Greenlaw. He's, he's here. He's locked up. There were some issues with, okay, who are the remaining big contracts that you would have to take care of that are around that $12 million zone? It's none other than Mike McGlinchey, who's finishing out his fifth-year option. So, Colton McKivitz to me, and again, I'm not saying bench McGlinchey. That's not what I'm saying. I think Mike McGlinchey is an above-average, I haven't changed my language on him in three years, an above-average Right tackle in the NFL. I think that's what he is. Above average. With, you got to add the context, a lot of missed plays that ruined drives. Single-handedly ruined, took points off two drives against the Rams in the first half. Back-to-back drives, in fact. Go back the week before. Took points off the board there, too. Ruined two drives the previous game. And I, I'm going to keep screaming this till till somebody listens. The way in which you are handling Spencer Burford right now is perfect with Daniel Brunskill. I absolutely love it. You let Burford get two to three series. You bring in um, Daniel Brunskill. Then you go back, and you just allow the rookie to kind of finesse into this. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what they should be doing with Mike McGlinchey and McKivitz because what happens with Mike McGlinchey? When he has a bad play, his body language sucks, and he just he stays in his head and he festers, and then he usually stacks bad plays or bad series. Allow Colton McKivitz to come in one every four series, right? I'm not trying to take away McGlitchy's starting. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying let him do three drives, then let McKivitz go out there. Allow the competition, sharp, iron sharpens iron. Allow Mike to get out of his headspace and just stay at that consistent level. Because if you can get McGlinchey at his run-blocking ceiling, which is incredible, and you could subtract some of those huge sacks and just getting run over from nickelbacks blitzing or corners blitzing, now you've got not an above-average right tackle. You've got a pretty much top-tier 
right tackle, sorry, right tackle. I think that's there. What, what What's the trade-off, right? What's the opportunity cost? I used to teach economics, right? What are we losing if we do that? Well, we're going to find out, one, can Colton McKivitz be the guy next year? Because if he goes in there and shows what we've seen him do at left tackle, good gosh, then you're fine. You just say, hey, McGlinchey, go sign somewhere else. We'll take that fifth-round comp pick. Great. Um, I hope I, I'd love to see people get paid, and I want Mike to get paid. And he's going to get paid by somebody because the NFL, if they're devoid anywhere at any position, it's the tackle position. It's last. I think we have three good ones. I really, really do. And, again, you have the best tackle in the world in Trent Williams. And, again, the language I use on Mike McGlinchey, he's an above-average right tackle with way too many mistakes. What's Colton McKivitz? What's Colton McKivitz? We don't know. He's filled in well. He's filled in great. He's filled in great. Let's see it. Let's give him an opportunity. Um, and again, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I hate this guy and oh, curse, whatever. Mike McGlinchey's a dude. Um, and he's a human being, and I, I'm all for hum humanizing players and not belittling them and all those things. I want him to get paid. But when you made that Christian McCaffrey trade, which I think was a good trade, there are things that you have to pay. Um, yeah, and Johnny, I want that rotation. Just like Burford and Brunskill, why not start? You get those reps in practice. Why not sub them both in together so that in practice you can practice? All right, let's go sub twos, right? Where you have Brunskill and McKivitz next to each other on the right side of the line. They've practiced together for years. They've been together for three years. Why not? They know each other. They know what to do. Allow that to take place. So all three are important. Um, Elijah Mitchell, Aziz, Colton McKivitz, they're all huge. All of them. Um, but in my opinion, my opinion, Colton McKivitz would be number one. Uh, 49er minded. I defended McGlinchey so much over the years, but it's time for him to go once the offseason hits. I think it might be in the best interest of everybody. I think somebody else will be able to pay him more. I think he'll be able to go to a fan base that appreciates him more. We've been very spoiled with offensive line play. The fact that we went from Joe Staley for a decade to Trent Williams, it's not fair to anybody. It's kind of like the quarterback position uh, for the 49ers. How do you compare um, you know, the quarterback position when you have Joe Montana, you have Steve Young, and then you have these second-tier quarterbacks who would be the best ever for so many franchises? Jeff Garcia, Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo, John Brody, if you want to go back old school. like That's unreal lineup of quarterbacks that we are spoiled with and it's a great problem to have just like tackle play uh, even anthony davis in his few years while he was here he was a freak he was incredible just he just didn't have the the desire to fight through all the stuff and then you could add in shoot trent brown when he was here he just couldn't stay healthy and didn't fit the scheme so we've been spoiled at certain positions linebackers for sure and so it's hard to measure up against that what would happen? Let's say this exact same. Let's throw the, let's say this exact same career Mike McGlinchey has had, but it was for the Cardinals. Cardinals don't have a lot of fans, but I'm pretty damn sure they would see him as a gigantic success. And people will like message me and they'll be like, "Oh, McGlinchey's a bust." No, he's not. One, you pick up their fifth year option, they're not a bust almost by definition. The amount of games he started, how great of a run blocker he is. Such a great dude in the locker room. Great behind the mic. I think he could have a career in broadcasting. All those things. But I don't want to say I'm going to say it one more time. I'm going to be done. 
an above average right tackle with way too many mistakes, way too much. Um, young Lee, <laughs> very good. I, I love it. Um, does that mean he's below? No, I don't think so. Cause consistently he's very good. Again, you block 60, let's say you block 70 plays a game. You've got two major mistakes on there. That's better than what you're going to get out of the average replacement starter right tackle. It's way better. It's way better. Now, before we go on, I want some questions. Get your questions in. Tag um, at John Chapman. Clayton, the man behind the scene, he's going to be running that. But before we do, real quick word from our sponsor. You know sports, and you pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for them at MyBookie? MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply contests for all your sporting and betting needs anytime anywhere you bet on nfl ncaa or this is pretty fun i love this you can bet for the fences um buy on the all new money bag so what happens is you go it's a one-of-a-kind type of opportunity you just place your bet spin the wheel and you get ready to score epic odds on teams athletes events all those things it just increases those so it's like a bonus spin to give you even better payouts and better odds better chances to win all you got to do is sign up for free today. Use promo code 49ERS or scan the QR code next to me, and you can claim a deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code 49ERS to claim your deposit bonus. It's not just a sports book. It's a community. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Now, uh, we've had a really good year at my bookie, and I'm excited to keep it going. I, I wanted to... 
I love the listeners and supporters um, of the show. Really do appreciate everybody. Uh, absolutely incredible. And I want to I want to talk about a giveaway here in a second. But I, I tweeted this out uh, back in September, and one of the listeners uh, tagged it for me and came back at me. I, I said the Bills are crushing the Titans. Watch the Bills go like seven and zero and then lose to the Jets, uh, which was awesome. So back in September, did the Bills go seven and zero? No, they did not. But the idea was like I thought that was pretty funny. And we've done really well on my bookie with with uh, what we've been putting out there. So sign up again, help us out, sports the show, whatever you do. It's fun. We put our bets up every single week over on Patreon. Um, I love it. Oh, put that back up there real quick. I'm, I'm curious to see what he said. Shot Jay, I made 120 betting um, for the Vikings against the dumpster fire. Yeah, I, I look. Here's what we say. Anytime there's something with Call of Duty, you bet against um kyler murray we've made a lot of money on that anytime kirk cousins is not playing in prime time you bet with them we've made a lot of money um some things just stay true it's just what it is yeah robert Sala is doing a great job with the jets um everywhere all the shanahan people are are being successful so i love that now speaking of success uh levi's one of my favorite companies these were gifted to us by anonymous patreon subscriber look at these custom 49ers levi's jackets we got two of these bad boys that were gifted to us to give away now i usually do giveaways um the same way and i wanted to spice it up a little bit so uh, we're going to be giving these away during the next week um one on here and one on patreon uh, message me. I need ideas. Uh, like I need help. So email us 49ers rush podcast at gmail.com. If you have a cool idea on how to handle this giveaway, again, these are two custom 49ers denim Levi jackets. Uh, incredible. Uh, whether for you or a gift for somebody else, uh, I wanted to keep one and give it to my son, but I was like, that's not fair. I can't do that. That's cheating. That's like Martha Stewart stuff. I can't insider trade on the giveaways, uh, even though I want to. So message me, email me, help us out. You guys are way smarter than I am. Uh, 49ers rush podcast at gmail.com. Message us. Uh, what would be a good idea for a giveaway? Just because I know you are creative and I think it'd be more fun for the community. Uh, let me know your ideas. Now, one of the questions I saw on there, which I thought was spot on, and this is something I think is probably huge. Big Papa says, what's the word on Armstead's injury? Okay, well, one, we have to be careful with this because it's two injuries, okay? One, he had the plantar uh, fascius, uh, fasc I can't say it correct, whatever, um, on one foot. He recovered from that, came back into the game and started playing. Then his ankle on the other foot got hurt. So a lot of people, and I saw a lot of false reporting out there. I don't think false reporting, uh, misled reporting probably, that you know he came back too early and he re-aggravated the same thing. That's not true. That's not true. Um, Shanahan has talked about that. It's been talked about several different times. D'Amico's talked about that. It's different foot, feet, different injuries. Now, he never went on IR. So... Um, that is something that is interesting. In my opinion, I probably don't practice him. Not now because it's Monday, right? We're Monday. Usually you don't get your first practice in the week till Wednesday. So if you play Sunday, you get together for rehab, icing, all that kind of stuff, stretching, you know, get out all the stuff, watch film. Tuesday, coaches are by themselves going through game plan and implementation and all that stuff, while the players, again, conditioning, rehab, going through those things. Wednesday's your first practice. That's install. 
So here we are Monday. This is a unfamiliar week because it's a bye week. So you might get some players back today, like Debo, like Kyle Juszczyk, like Elijah Mitchell that are practicing out there already because you get those extra practices in, which is nice. But I think with players that are on the brink with kind of soft tissue issues, um, a law Eric Armstead, Dre Greenlaw, uh, probably Juwan Jennings as well. I don't think those guys are going to practice uh, not till Wednesday. And even Wednesday might be limited because it's just you're fighting against the calendar, right? You're fighting against the clock. And with guys like that that have so many starts and games experience, they know it. They know it all. And so you're just hoping they recover in a way that they can come back and be ready to go. You see what I'm saying? So with Armstead, I think you got to wait. With Greenlaw on that calf, soft tissue, longer you wait, the better. You can re-aggravate it. And as soon as you re-aggravate that calf one time, guess what? Two and a half week window, reset the clock. Um, I've strained my calf probably over 15 times in my life. Uh, I can attest to that. Uh, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. So you can't rush it. You just can't rush it. Uh, Mosquito, ooh, Aziz says he's ahead of schedule and expects to play. That is great news. That is great news because Fred is coming off back-to-back great games. Ah, one great game. Uh, whenever DFF came in on that Chiefs game, it was bad. Uh, Fred was just trying to do too much. And D'Amico even suggested as much, and his prey went down. Like, you got to do your job first, then other jobs later. And him having that comfort blanket of Aziz or Greenlaw next to him, that's huge. What's up, Perk? I love it, man. One of the most positive people in the world uh, has made my life much better. What's up, Perk? Glad to see you in there, man. Um, All right, let's keep these uh, questions coming. Now, I saw a lot of people bring up Ken Law. Oh, look at that, man. Me and Clayton, simpatico. Chris. He says, is Kinlaw considered a bust with the limited number of games, 18 and three seasons he has played? Um, I don't like the term bust uh, because you've seen, you saw it. We all saw it. When Kinlaw plays, this defense is what it should be. It really, really is. The problem is, were you wrong on the medical evaluation? That's a legit concern. And whenever you hear things like Javon Kinlaw say, this is just something we have to work through now, Uh, managing the pain, things like that. That lets you know this ain't going away. So I don't know about Bust. If you look at the draft that's like after him, right? Um, Who are the defensive tackles that went after him at that position? Now you could definitely talk about like, well, maybe you shouldn't have drafted that position or, you know, whatever. I, I I don't really care about that. The Niners traded... They, whenever they moved off from DeForest Buckner, it was very, they had a plan. What was their plan? Resign Armstead, who's been incredible. Um, resign Jimmy Ward, who's been incredible. And then it was draft his replacement. Well, did it? And so here we go. Let, let, let's, let's talk about this. You got Derek Brown, who's been great. Nobody else. Javon Kinlaw went next. Okay. He's been decent. Um, let's see here. I'm going off of, this is Pro Football References approximated value. Their weighted career approximated value, okay? Well, what does that mean? We'll, we'll put these into perspective. So Derek Brown's got a 12. Javon Kinlaw's got a 9, okay? Ross Blacklock, who went in the second round, he's got a 3. Raekwon Davis got a 14. So technically, he went in the second round. He's been the best out of everybody. Um, And so that's – and again – 21 games, because you got to count the playoff uh, thing. Uh, that's what Javon Kinlaw, he's played in 21 games. 
So th- there's only been one defensive tackle in that draft that had a higher grade, and that was Raquan Davis. I don't know, man. I, I think you've seen it. I-, I really, really do from Kinlaw. The problem is just health. If he doesn't play again this year, yeah, I think I, I don't want to use the term bust. I don't like that term. I think a bust is somebody that just, um, I, I don't know, that just doesn't want to play. I think Ruben Foster is a bust. I think there, there's lots of people. Trey Sermon, he's a bust. There, there's people that are bust. Solomon Thomas, I don't even like that term. Did he live up to his draft potential? No, but he's on like his third NFL contract and still contributing. Was he overdrafted? That's not his fault. It's not his fault. Um, you put that on the team. Did the team properly evaluate his medical things correctly? No. That's the term bust you want to use, then go ahead. But no, I don't I don't think you can do that because he has proven he's an NFL player. He has proven he was worth that draft spot. Medical evaluation was the was the issue. So no, I, I do not consider him a bust. I do not at all. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll take that for what it is. All right. What do we got next? Clayton, let's keep this baby going. Um, Melissa, what's up? She says, John and Clayton. Oh, I want to hear Clayton's thoughts on this too. Thoughts on, um, the year so far, any must bring back player. Mine is E man on all the injuries. Okay. She's talking about all the people on one year contracts on who should be brought back. I think this is huge because you had Aziz and you had Greenlaw. That was a huge one. And we talked a lot about that at nauseum. And I kept saying Greenlaw. A lot of other people liked Aziz. That's cool. 49ers chose. They chose Greenlaw. Aziz is going to get paid elsewhere. You look at the corners. Emmanuel Mosley was in contract extension talks before he got injured, which breaks my heart because E-Man is incredible. And again, we talked about this earlier with Odell. Coming off an injury, you almost always go back to a prove-it deal. Emmanuel Mosley wants to be here. The 49ers want him to be here. I think it would be very, very easy to give him a one-year, $2.5 million deal with incentives, very similar to what they did to Jason Verrett this year. Um, Now, Emmanuel Mosley injury history is nowhere near Verrett's. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah, I hope they bring him back. I really, really do on just a cheap deal. And because he's injured and missed so much time, all those incentives back to likely to be earned will not count against the cap. So, for example, let's say – I'm just throwing these numbers out there. I don't think that this is an honest contract offer. Let's say you gave Emmanuel Mosley a one-year, $1 million guaranteed contract, but $6 million in incentives if he's, you know, an extra $500,000 for every game he starts, whatever. Guess what? None of that goes against the cap. Why? Because he only started four games. So those four games will go against the cap. The rest of the games will not. Does that make sense? So you can get him back on a very cheap deal that's cheap on the cap and is in his favor because if he plays, guess what? He gets paid. And then after that one year, he can go sign somewhere else. And here's another reason why that's important for the 49ers. Now you get a comp pick if he goes somewhere else. This is the way they're building the roster. This is the way in which they do business. It's not just doing all these one-year deals for whatever. It's art and key, right? It's art and key. That's the way to build it. You get a cheap cast-off, put them into our system that is very defensive line heavy and friendly, dominate, go sign somewhere else. Guess what? We get a fifth-round pick back for him. It's it's Kerry Hyder. Go sign somewhere else. We get a comp pick, and we get Kerry Hyder back. It's Charles O'Minahue who's going to be this case. And so – 
as long as you understand what it is you're doing. We traded all that draft capital for Trey Lance and CMC. You traded a lot. Well, guess what? The 49ers have nine picks in this upcoming draft. Every team starts out with seven. We have nine. Now, did we trade our premium capital? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, we paid big time. Miami benefited from that. Uh, Carolina might benefit from that. But what has been the critique of this 49ers front office? Man, why can't we be like the Rams and push all our chips in? Man, how come we don't make those big-time trades? Man, how about this? Well, guess what? They're doing that. Why are they allowed to do that? Look at the Rams. They lost out on CMC. Why? Because they didn't have a fourth-round pick. They lost out on Brandon Cooks. Why? Because they didn't have a fourth-round pick. They lost out on Alvin Kamara. Why? Because they didn't have that fourth-round pick. Guess what happened to that fourth-round pick? They traded it for Sony Michelle the year before. Congratulations. Congratulations. Stockpile, build. I like the way the 49ers are turning this roster. And what did we start this episode on? Talking about the Colts. Talking about D'Amico Ryans. Talking about how I want him to go be a head coach somewhere. I really, really do. I, I've, if I could tell you one thing, just I think this helps in sports, but just as a person, as a human being, when you celebrate other people's success that has nothing to do with you, even if it is almost... Um, I, I don't know the right word. I, I'm not a words man. Um, but even if it doesn't benefit you or if sometimes goes against you, right? I'm a 49ers fan. If we lose this coach, dang, that sucks. We just lost a great coach. That's not the way to look at it. it it's, it's a growth mindset, which I hate that term because I think it's overused. But, man, just be legitimately happy for people that are in your circle. D'Amico's in our circle. Does he know I exist? No. I don't care. I know he exists. He's impacted my life. I want him to be successful. I love that Robert Saul is dominating. I love that Mike McDaniel is dominating. I love that. And the more you get in that field, even as a fan, guess what? It was a bye week last week. I sat and had one of the best days ever because I watched the Jets beat the Bills, which was incredible. I watched Miami get a win, which was incredible. And so, like, it's expanding the family. I watched the Colts with a smile on my face whenever I saw DeForest Buckner get a sack. That's awesome. And I felt the same way with Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson didn't want to be here. And people are like, why would you do this? Bah, bah, we got injury history. Well, what about Jeff Wilson? You ain't even thinking about that. Jeff Wilson wanted to be traded. The 49ers got something in return. Jeff Wilson's happy now. Raheem Mostert's happy now. Like, you don't keep people in cages. Even players, you don't do that. Sometimes you just do right by people, and good things happen. Uh, now, you don't do right by people because you expect good things to happen. But no, it's just if we all treat each other that way, I, I, I just think, I don't know. I think your experience as a fan and your experience as a person will be so much more fulfilled instead of, hey, we got to keep D'Amico. Keep him, keep him, keep him, keep him. No, no, no. We said the same thing about Sala. Then we got D'Amico. And I will say this. If D'Amico goes, I fully expect Vic Fangio to be the DC. And that should make everybody freaking smile. Now, there'll be some issues with, you know, changing. I don't think he'd change back to 3-4 or anything like that. But, man, no, you, you – the 49ers are fine. Everybody wants to be here. I hope you understand that. I really hope you understand that. This is a place people, players want to be. Now, in Jeff Wilson's case, you don't want to be relegated to third string running back whenever you're in a contract year, and you took care of your guy. If you look back at DeForest Buckner. 
He wanted 20 plus million. 49ers couldn't do it. So they said, go find your own trade in your own contract. DeForest Buckner wanted to stay here, but he wasn't upset that he got traded. He organized the trade and he got the contract he wanted. What's wrong with that? And the probably same thing is going to happen with Jimmy Ward this upcoming year, which breaks my heart. Um, I, I don't like that. Um, 49 minor. If we get Fangio, I don't want him going to three four because that makes Bosa a linebacker. No, I, Fangio will adapt. And before Fangio left at the Broncos, they were doing so many multiple fronts that yeah, it was a three four base, but it's really not. I've been a, I've coached three four. I've coached four three. It's not difficult. Um, and especially once you build a roster a certain way you're going to stay with what you got. I don't see that taking over. Shot J says he also anticipates Fangio taking over. He's been at practices. He's been chilling. He wants back in football. One of the best defensive coordinators the past two, three decades. Unfortunately, got chewed up and spit out as a head coach. Just wasn't his jam. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you learn so much. It's different being a positional coach versus a coordinator. Like, they're not... People think they're related, but they're not. And again, whenever you go from, okay, I'm watching my four guys, uh, that's all I'm doing, to I'm calling plays and seeing coverages, and so like it's it's different. And then from a coordinator to head coach, Kyle Shanahan's learning, it's different as well. Some people belong in certain things. It's the Norv Turner rule, right? <laughs> um, Norv Turner has been and was incredible, but not as a head coach. He sucked. That's not a knock on him. He's in the Hall of Fame. I think he's in the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but as a coordinator, right? So uh, there's something to be said for people that find their niche and their role and you stay in that. There's nothing wrong with that. And Vic Fangio, I think, learned that. Took the year off. He's been to several 49ers practices. Why? Why? He hasn't been to other teams' practices. Maybe he has, and I don't know. Um, somebody check in on that. I, I don't think he has, though. But, yeah, I think we'll stay 4-3. I, I really, really do. So oh, hopefully that helps. Uh, now, I will say this. We, we brought up Javon Kinlaw, who's still on IR. So is Jordan Willis. He could come off as well, but I don't think there's a need at the defensive end position. Um, and I don't know where his recovery is. I think he can come back week 11, so he's still got more time because he went on later. But on top of that, I brought this name up before. Kalia Davis, six-round pick. Defensive tackle. He was on the NFI list because he got hurt at the, uh, practicing for the combine, working out for the combine. He's somebody that could come back. You're talking December, a month to six weeks from now. That's somebody that I think we're still a little ways away from that, but at a huge position, a huge position where I, I think it could make a major difference. I'm not so sure. He's been working out hard. And it, the funny thing was I brought it up. I think I was talking – oh, it was on our extra episode that we do every week over on our Patreon with 49ers Cutback. Uh, I was talking with Ant at 49ers Cutback, which we do an extra bonus episode every single week. Also do want to let you know, after the Chargers game this week, we're going to do our Zoom hangout right after our post-game celebration or therapy session. <laughs> um, so game ends, Sunday night football. Sorry, East Coast people. It's going to be a little bit late. Uh, we usually go early, but I want to be around you guys in the moment. So we got the 49ers game. As soon as the game ends, win, lose, or draw, we're live right here on our YouTube channel. It's the best place. Um, then as soon as we're done with that, give me five minutes to upload the uh, the episode to all the audio listeners, and then we'll go live on Zoom, and I get to hear from you. Okay, that's Jerry Rice tier and above. So check that out. 
uh, 49ers, just go to patreon.com slash 49ers rush podcast or search 49ers Patreon. Every single offensive play, defensive play, special teams play from two and a half years, uh, plus draft film stuff. Clayton, how are we doing? We got any more questions we can get to, man? Any more comments before we jump out of here? This has been a great episode. Uh, the bye week has done yours truly very, very well. Um, we needed a little bit of a break. I didn't take any days off. But I did take two mornings off, and I think I'm going to take one more morning off uh, later this week, which is is good. Uh, I needed it very much. David asked this question. When is Jason Verrett going to play? Yeah, that's good. I, I think they are waiting on him to stack weeks, not days. And here's what I mean by that. Verrett was ready to go in his mind. He didn't even want to go on the pup before the season. He wanted to make the initial roster. But because of the track record and all the issues with Jason Verrett, they decided, you know what? Let's just wait. We're going to put you on the pup. We're going to be slow. You can't practice on the pup, but you can do, you know, off the field work and all kinds of rehab, whatever else. He got to the point where things were looking good. You had the manual Mosley injury. They decided to open up the practice window. He goes through that, had two setbacks where they just felt there was some stiffness, a little bit of soreness in that knee. They shut him down. And yeah, Johnny, I'm with you. A healthy Verrett will make the secondary deadly. I really do think that's the case. But with the way that Diamador Lenora has played, with the way that Charvarius Ward's been incredible, except for that one game he came back a little too early, you can wait. Now, if you got one more corner injury, Verrett time no matter what. You got to, you know, in case of emergency, break glass. That's kind of where it is. But again, what I want to happen is I want him to come out and get one series in the first half, one series in the second half. I want him to go through the whole pregame ritual, pregame warm-up, pregame everything. I want him to get one drive in the first half, one drive in the second half, and that's it. No matter what, you get one drive. See how his knee responds? Uh, maybe I wouldn't even put them that far apart. That might be bad, actually. Maybe just bring them out and give them <laughs> just one drive uh, and see how it goes. But I want him to get a game where he's called up active, then I want him to get another game where he's called up active and plays a little bit. But again, it's just slow progress. You don't win. 49ers aren't trying to, they're trying to win games right now. But whenever you're looking at personnel like Jason Verrett and somebody that's just so fragile, I, mean, I don't know a way to say it. You've got to be smart. And with the way Demo's playing right now, with the way Charvarius Ward's playing right now, you don't have to rush it. You don't have to. You get to wait. It's a luxury that you have because of development and free agency. Diamador, nobody saw this. He was one of my like roster bubble guys on the initial 53. The dude took the job from Samuel Womack, took it from him. And Womack wasn't playing bad. It wasn't like, man, Samuel Womack and Nichols. No, everybody was so pumped about him, myself included. He took the damn job. And he showed us why. He's played really, really well. Um... And the fact that you got Samuel Womack back there, too. So you're three deep at corner. When Ambry Thomas has come in, he's looked awful, awful, awful. Um, and so that scares me. But the fact that you're three deep at corner right now, and I think that's what you are, um, I think you wait. I think you wait. If I Let me let me look at the schedule. Let, let, let's do this correctly. Because I, I'm going to – here, I'll, I'll put – I'll put I'll put my stamp on it, kind of what I think is going to happen. Here we are. We're at week 10. If I was in charge, and again, I have a very limited amount of information, I don't see what he's going through. I don't see all those things. 
Here's what I would do. This is John Chapman's playbook for Jason Verrett. Ready? And y'all hold me against this. I make him active week 10, but he doesn't play. He doesn't play a snap. He's on the sidelines in case of emergency. Week 10, active. Week 11, I want him getting back-to-back series in the second quarter to see how he responds. Then we're talking week 12, maybe he's starting nickel. That's that's kind of the progress I want to see happen with Verrett. So that's what I would see. But again, I think I don't mind. If he doesn't play for two to three weeks, I'd be happy. Really would. Really would. Shot J says, come on, man. Let's get this video up to 100 likes. I can never see the likes during the video, but I usually check afterwards. I would appreciate that uh, if you guys did that. And if you haven't yet, um, I'll, I'll say probably one of the best ways to support the show right here, man. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button. And right next to that subscribe button is the bell. Once you click on that, click all. That way, anytime we go live, you will get notified and you will be able to enter into all of the giveaways that we do for Countdown Crew. And to be honest with you, it is by far the best way to support our channel. Thank you. So, yeah, that's the best way. Do that if you haven't done that already. We're very active on Twitter, at JL underscore Chapman, all those things. But Patreon's going to be the way to go if you want to support the show. Clayton, are we missing any other questions or comments before we jump out of here, my friend? I think we got to the vast majority. Here's one from Daryl Granville that I really want to get Ooh, uh, get to. He's one of the he best. Reads, uh, he reads, tell you, fam, John, if we sweep our division, but Seattle has a better record than us, what happens then? Yeah, we would not win the division. And so just because you win, the that's the tie-breaking scenario that is used. Um, which, man, I don't know if there's a team that has swept the division that did not win the division outright. Uh, that would be very, very strange. But, again, you look at just where we are right now. You know, you have the Seattle Seahawks who are one game ahead of us. They're 5-3, and three, we're 4-4. Four and four. They're 1-1 one and one in the division, we're 3-0. and oh. They're three and three in the uh, conference. We're four and two. So at worst, if they beat us, we are still ahead in the divisional record. So if we had the same record, we would win. We're still ahead in the conference record. So again, it goes head to head, divisional, conference record, then common opponents, and then it gets all complicated after that. So it's very, very possible. However, the 49ers schedule and the way that they match up, I do fully expect them to beat the Seattle Seahawks. And man, let's just stick with it, you know, with everything that we got on the 49ers rush road trip. So here's our plans for the rest of the year. We still got the Mexico trip. That's going to be an absolute blast. We've got the Seattle trip. That's going to be fun. We've got the Miami game. Um, that's a home game in Santa Clara. We're going to be at Levi's for our first 49ers rush road trip event ever. And then we still got, um, what's it called? Uh, we are going to Las Vegas, which they could have the first overall pick. So those tickets are really expensive now, uh, but they're going to get cheaper. And let me just say this again, just for everybody. When you are planning a trip to a football game, let me just save you money. Buy your hotels and your airlines early. Buy your game day tickets the day of. Trust me. I go to all the games almost, and I've got this down pretty good. And whenever I hear people overpaying for tickets, I get so sad. I get so sad. So get your hotels and your airlines early, which if you're going to Mexico, we have until you got two days left. We have $160 rooms at the Marriott Reforma, which are like $80 off a night right now. Um, all you got to do, 40 hoursrushroadtripcom click on our Mexico City party, and the link's right there. It's free. I don't get a penny of it. Just saves you money, and you can stay with the 49ers. 
Okay, so 49ersRushRoadTrip.com if you learn nothing else. Tickets, airline tickets, hotels early. Wait on game day tickets, unless it's like the NFC Championship or something like that. But if you do that, I promise you, man, you'll save so much money. I'm getting pretty good at this travel thing. Uh, so anyway, Clayton, anything else before we jump out of here, my friend? Uh, here's one more that I want to get Ooh, to. And I, I like think it. it's interesting. Kind of pulling, pulling a name out of the hat that we haven't heard in a while. Uh, Ricky Queen asks, what's the status of Kalia Davis? I'm excited about him. I think that there is, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say like a 20% chance he gets activated this year. Um, the initial thought was we're just going to set him aside and he'll come back next year. Like it's a, it was a position of strength because, but now you're down three defensive tackles. Maurice Hurst season in an IR Javon Kinlaw still on IR could be activated and Eric Armstead who could come back any time now, but that has hurt very, very badly. Now I will say this Kalia Davis is in the mode of Maurice Hurst and Kevin Givens. He's not Kinlaw. He's not Armstead. He's not Ridgeway. He's not your plugger. He played, remember, he played middle linebacker uh, and right. converted. And it's, if you don't know who this is, type in Kalia Davis countdown. And we have a whole video that we just did on Kalia Davis. Uh, that's there for you. Every single player on the roster. If there's somebody that you don't know on the roster, just type in their name um, and put countdown after it. Our video will be the first one that pulls up. Um, every single time you don't know who Oren Burks is, you know, in his story, type in Oren Burks countdown, our video pulls up and it help you out there. So that's there for you. All right. I think that's going to do it. Clayton, I just want to say thank you, man. Really appreciate all you do holding it down, making sure these shows quality stay uh, top notch, which I, hopefully we are accomplishing. If there's ever anything that we do that you guys don't like, please message me, 49ersRushPodcast at gmail.com. Help us out so we can create the type of shows that you deserve, uh, the best fan base there is. Clayton, any closing remarks before we get out of here, my friend? Wow. Guys, thanks for joining us today. It, it really was a great show. I mean, dang. Been live here for about an hour now? I like it. I like Not it. Every Not every day. We can live for an hour. I love, love it. it. That's awesome. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you, Kilted Niner, 49ers George 365, executive producers of the show as always. Until next time, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.